Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast, where we focus on how authors found success, looking at strategies that have taken them to the top of the bestseller charts, as well as what they've learned from their mistakes. Because being an indie author is more than knowing the latest marketing trend. It's about being innovative and creative and learning from your mistakes. Welcome to Wish I'd Known Then podcast. I'm Sarah Rosette. And I'm Jamie Albright. And this week on the show... We are answering your questions about launching and other topics. And other topics. <laughs> yeah. A couple other extra things. To be disclosed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how are you this week? I'm good. Uh, I'm better. And um, I'm, I'm, de- <laughs> I'm dealing with being better. You know, being better brings its own yes. mental torment in some ways. So that's something I'm dealing with with my therapist. And, um, but that's, you know, that's good. I last Sunday, so Sunday, what is today? I don't even know. Today, the 21st, 21st. So last Sunday I, um, got on a plane and, well, I made, I bought tickets to 20 books and I, um, bought a plane ticket the day before, which, you know, I really got a pretty good price on a plane ticket. It's amazing. Spirit Airlines. So I was tired because I had to pedal the whole way, but you know, I got there and I didn't have to pay an arm and a leg, but, um, it, it was so good. I went on Monday and I stayed until Friday. A friend of mine had a room with two beds and she said, just come. And so I did. And it was, so healing to have so many people hug mm-hmm. me and and um just love on me and uh be so super kind and um so for all of you who are listening that came up to me and cried and <laughs> really felt my pain um i just can't even tell you how much I appreciate it. It it really made a difference. And, um, and I learned some good stuff, um, from a few, I didn't really go to go to the talks, even though I know, I knew I'd go to a a couple of them, Mm -hmm. a few of them, but, um, they were good. It was good. And, and it was interesting. And, um, but I'm glad I'm home and, just getting ready for Thanksgiving. That's why we're recording on a Monday. And yeah, um, yeah, so that's me. Okay. Well, good. I'm glad you got to go. Me too. Um, I'm doing good. I've gotten um, some things rolling on, like finishing up the Kickstarter. We'll talk about that. It's one of the questions. Yeah. And um, I've been uh, working on sales tax because I'm going to start doing some direct sales. Mm-hmm. And so I had a little meeting with my accountant person and she yeah. was like, yes, you need to apply for this uh, sales tax certificate. So I'm working on that. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, yeah. it's for somebody who doesn't deal with it all the time. I feel like I'm like wandering around just yeah. in Google, Googling. Like, yeah. I will what get it sorted out. What did we do before Google? I don't know. Uh, I just <laughs> we went don't to the know. library a lot, I guess. Encyclopedias <laughs> from, you know, 1978. That my family still has. I saw them when I was there. I was like, I'll get rid of these. That is okay. yeah. But um, yeah, just working on stuff like that and um just trying to get a bunch of things rounded off. It's kind of a weird day because I mean like a strange week because it's a short week in mm-hmm. the US and mm-hmm. family coming in. So I'm planning on not doing anything from like Wednesday on. Yeah. And I'm gonna make myself not do anything, which mm-hmm. sometimes I have a hard time doing that. Right. Um, but I am excited. I'm going to go see the new uh, Benoit Blanc uh, movie that comes out on Wednesday, I think. The Glass Onion. Have you seen that? No. Yeah. It's a special limited release, like for a week or something. Oh, really? So, yes. So I think okay. I think the whole family is going to go with me. So that'll oh, be fun. That'll be great. How fun were you? Are you seeing it here in... In yeah, theater, yeah. Or, so, uh, is it the, a regular theater? Or yes. Well, it's it's going to be at several theaters, but only like for a week, I think. From oh, really? I read that the some I forgot who it was. Netflix maybe yeah. bought the rights to the franchise, mm-hmm. and so apparently they were originally only going to release it 
on right. Netflix. And then right. movie theater owners were like, no, 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 you have to release it in the theater because right. the first Knives Out did so well. Yeah. So this so, is Knives Out. Uh, the, well, Knives Out 2, basically. Yeah. Knives Out 2. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll yeah. be fun. Yeah. So the I'm first one was so great. So I know. Great. Yeah. I know. So, okay. So that's my news. That's my entertainment okay. update. All right. Well, <laughs> let's get into the questions. Okay. So, all right. Um, let's see. The first one. So we should say we've put up a form in the group, a link to a Google form in the group, and you can go in there and just list out your question and we'll do these Q and A's every so often. So you mm-hmm. can ask us anything you want about publishing, writing, mm-hmm. movies, anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah. We're um, making it sound so official, but it's really when we don't have a guest. So there you go. <laughs> That's our little secret. <laughs> Shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> but we know that y'all do have questions too. Yes. All right. The first question is from Anne. She says, I'd love to know how using Book Vault turned out in terms of price and delivery times. So um, Book Vault is what I'm using to fulfill the Kickstarter. Yeah. And they are, they're, their customer service is really responsive. I've had a couple of things happen. I did some test um, copies to see how mm-hmm. they would look because I'm using color and they turned out beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a test. So I placed a special order because one of my things was for like, you can have a customized interior file for mm-hmm. you. It's one of my higher tiers. Mm-hmm. And I got that and there were a couple of things wrong with it. And I emailed them and they were like, oh, we will redo that for you right away. So okay. they redid it. They shipped it to me, didn't charge me anything. So I got that and I'm ordered. I turned in the big order because I had to wait until I put everything in backer kit and you have to wait for people to reply to give you their yeah. mailing address and everything. Mm-hmm. And it gives an opportunity to like consolidate everything, get all your numbers finalized. So mm-hmm. got all that done turned in the order and it's on its way to me. So I think I have about six boxes of books that are going to be delivered via FedEx. So um, they're shipping, they use a consolidator um, where like it helps them cut down on the price of shipping since they're in the UK. So, so far the shipping has been very reasonable. The one for my big order was more expensive, of course, Uh Uh six boxes of books, but the quality has been good. And the sample copies I've ordered have been really nice and um, they do like a coil spiral binding. And I set yeah. that for my, um, your uh, planner. Yeah. The planner. So I put that on there and I just sent it out to my newsletter. Last time I sent it out, I was like, Hey, um, this is a new thing. Cause some people were like, please let me know when it's available. Right. Kind of got snow snowed under with all the Kickstarter. So I finally got that all done and set up. And um, I think I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago when I said I was connecting up all the, like the book vault yes. to the Shopify yeah. and my website and pay hip, pay or right. PayPal, but I got it all set up and um, I had a question. They emailed me right back and took mm-hmm. care of my issues. So, so I've been really happy with them. Okay. Um, I'll let you know when I get my six boxes of books. <laughs> <laughs> so for, for let's pretend I don't know anything about book vault. Which okay. I don't. Um, so, are they are they producing the books? Yes, they're printing them. They're like Ingram, okay. but okay. and they're a little. Well, when I priced my stuff out for the mm-hmm. Kickstarter, mm-hmm. Book Vault was a much better price than really? Ingram. Yes, mm-hmm. and even with paying the shipping mm-hmm. through, you know, because like a, a big order, I was like, I'm g- probably going to be shipping it. I don't want to lose track of it. So I'll right. s- have it tracked. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, it was, you can set, you can um, use them just like Ingram. You can mm-hmm. set up your books in there. You can use them to distribute to all the bookstores. Mm-hmm. Or, like I'm using them uh, with the Shopify app mm-hmm. to do, or with my Shopify store to do mm-hmm. drop shipping. So like mm-hmm. somebody can order for me, the order goes to Book Vault. They print the book and they mail it, mm. and I and then they just you know the customer pays me. Right. Book Vault charges me. I pay them, mm-hmm. and then I make my money on the difference. You know that's yeah. Yeah. You know, it's kind of the wholesale model. Right. Right. And but then you don't have to have books at your house. Right. And you don't have to go to the post office and stuff. Right. So. Wow, that's so great. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, very cool. So, but but your or, for your uh, Kickstarter, the books are coming to your house, and you will yes. mail them. Okay. Yes, because I'm going to sign everything, mm-hmm. and I'm going to repackage. You know, mm-hmm. I have like little 
cool little envelope they're going to go mm-hmm. in and everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I'm I'm having them sent here one so I can check the books and make sure they all look good. Yeah. And two yeah. so I can sign them. But right. uh, you could just drop ship everything if you wanted to or you could, you know, like if you're going to an event somewhere, you mm-hmm. could have a box of books mailed somewhere else. You don't have okay. to have them. Oh, that's really yeah. cool. I love yeah. that. Yeah, and they're they're very easy to work with. I've been very happy. That's awesome. I'm yeah. I'm so happy that we have like an alternative. Yes. Competition yeah. is always yeah. good. Competition yeah. is always good. Well, that's yeah. great. Yeah. So the next question is from Eleanor. How do you plan your future releases? What do you need in place before you commit to pre-orders? I know your answer. <laughs> I need the book. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's my ba- that's my baseline. I have yeah. to I have to at least have a draft because mm-hmm. I get too nervous. I don't mm-hmm. I can't even think if I have a pre-order out there. It right. just stresses me out. What about you? You you definitely <laughs> want one, right? Right. I definitely want a book and I don't really plan a release until I know I'm coming into ha- you know about to have a book. But I think what she's talking about is like, if you release on a schedule, that would be Mm -hmm. my assumption. (laughs) That's what most people do. Uh, If you release on a schedule, how do you plan for your releases? Um, Do you have an answer to that specific question? Well, I think that when, so I've slowed down quite a bit, Mm -hmm. but when I was doing maybe two, two to three books a year, I tried to have everything scheduled out where like I would know it's going to go to, to the copy editor mm-hmm. in January, and then I'll get it back from her later that month. And then in mm-hmm. February, it'll go to the proofreader. Yeah. And then from the proofreader, it now I send it to the audiobook narrator. So that's like a three month turnaround for all of that. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe three and a half really to be realistic mm-hmm. and give a little extra. So like I would get all that scheduled out before Mm-hmm. And then I would, I like to get my cover pretty early. I wait until I've started the book. So I'm sure kind of where it's going. Right. And then I would probably order my cover even before I'd finished the book. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, I think if you're on a schedule where you're doing several books a year, I think you pretty much have to have all that planned out because the cover artist and the editor, editor. everybody mm-hmm. book up, you know? So yeah. I'm, I'm planning ahead. I've booked some slots for my narrator and my, editor mm-hmm. and my proofreader for 2023 just mm-hmm. so that I know I can get in. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, as far as like I do all that and I don't put up a pre-order. I I'll probably put up a pre-order if I have the book finished. Right. But I wouldn't put it up until I have most of that. Right. Until I have the book done and I know it's going to make it through all the right. all the little areas it needs to go through. Correct. And yeah. I know a lot, I mean we both know a lot of people that put that pre-order up if they're wide in particular, as soon as, or before oh. the next book comes out, you know, um, yeah. if you can write to deadline yeah. and, you know, then yeah, that's what you should do. Just schedule it. You just schedule it and you write to those dates. I too always have my cover early um, mm-hmm. in the process. Um, but I think, you know, the problem is that I talked to a couple of people while I was at 20 books that had had rough years because, you know, <laughs> that seemed those conversations yeah, seemed yeah. to center around me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but and had had to cancel pre-orders. Right. And, uh, you know, for a while, Amazon was giving us some grace because of COVID, but they both lost the, their ability to do oh. pre-orders. So yeah. I feel like. Um, you kind of have to know yourself. And um, if you know you can write to deadline and you can get that book out no matter what, then put the pre-order up. But if you Mm -hmm. can't, then wait until Mm -hmm. you're at least farther along in the writing Mm -hmm. process. Maybe when the editing process starts, I don't know. But yeah, I would say if it's your... Careful, I guess. Yeah, I would say if it's your very first book, I wouldn't put it a pre-order until it's like all done. Yeah, me too. And then that would give you time to like market it and stuff, you know, and kind of start getting the word out. But like if you, if deadlines motivate you, 
Yeah. Some people have like three and four pre-orders mm-hmm. and that's, but then you've got to like slot in all the other stuff mm-hmm. to make sure you'll make it. Right. And so I think for me going forward, I'm changing everything up after that Kickstarter. Yeah. So I will probably do a Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Like if I haven't, like I'll write the book, yeah. finish it. Yeah. I'll do a Kickstarter mm-hmm. and then It'll be exclusive to the Kickstarter, and then I'll probably sell it on my through Shopify mm-hmm. for you know before I release it wide, and then eventually I'll release it wide. So I'm starting to think about releases in that way. So it's going mm-hmm. to basically extend out the like let me release it in different areas mm-hmm. in like to mm-hmm. different groups, yeah. you yeah. know. And mm-hmm. so that, I think that will take a lot of the pressure off of oh I haven't had a book out in a year or whatever, right? So that's kind of what I'm thinking. So I'm kind of revamping my, mm-hmm. my pre-order plans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then I guess you also have to think about what you're going to do for release. Like mm-hmm. if you're having, like for me, if it's a first book, I would probably plan like at least two weeks, maybe four yeah. to like prep it and get it out and, you know, figure out exactly what I'm going to do to get the word out and, mm-hmm. you know, contacting different bloggers and reviewers and right so yeah so. the longest pre-order I've ever had was a month <laughs> but <laughs> so, if that tells you anything um but I but you've had some awesome launches I've had great launches yeah, yeah. but I'm in KU so it's a little bit different mm-hmm. because KU readers don't really pre-order books a whole lot I say that and you know my well life. yeah a lot I mean what I considered a lot of pre-orders Mm-hmm. Uh, but especially in a pretty short period of time, but if you're wide, then it's different. Things are different. You know, you can do mm-hmm. things differently. Yeah. If you're in KU, that pre-order is really just to get the Amazon algorithm to start mm-hmm. matching you with other books in your genre, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. So you know, yeah. I guess. It so would yeah, there's a whole theory about like yeah. whether or not you should do a pre-order. And a lot of it has to do with kind of the line seem to fall. Like if you're in KU, probably not, or not a long one. And if you're out of KU and you're wide, you want to do as long as possible, it mm-hmm. seems like, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, you kind of have to figure out what works for you and your like mental health as far as mm-hmm. if it's going to stress yeah. you out or not. Yeah. So absolutely. And, yeah. So, all right. I think we're, are we good on that one? Yeah, Anything I think we beat that? that one to death. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. okay. All right. So <laughs> Lee asked, um, or Lee says, I'd be interested in hearing from an author who set up a Shopify store, best practices and tips on how to successfully sell directly to readers. And um, we have, um, we've had Morgana Best on, and mm-hmm. she's also on the Creative Pen. So I'll link to both of those episodes in the show notes. And then uh, Katie Cross was also on the creative pen and mm-hmm. um, she talked about selling books specifically on Shopify as well. Mm-hmm. So those are some good episodes. I don't know that we really delved into that and that's a good thing. We'll kind of keep on our radar, see if we can get somebody on mm-hmm. to just talk about direct sales through Shopify. Right. right. But she set one up. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I'm in the process and it is oh. a process. Let me tell you. Okay. Well, Lee, <laughs> there's your answer. It's process set aside, set aside some days. It or is. Ha- unless you have somebody to do it for you, which you, you can. Yeah. yeah. You can. Yeah. yeah. And I'm thinking there are certain parts of this that I'm going to outsource. I'm, I'm the type of person I feel like I need to at least grasp the concept myself so that I'll know how to go in and update yeah. things. Yeah. But then later on, I'll be like, okay, I can like image creation because you have to create an image of every product. So like you need your ebook, you need your print book, your audio. So you need an image and that, you know, you want them all to be the same so that right. they, it looks cohesive. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hmm, that might be something I could outsource to yeah. make it Absolutely. go faster. Yeah. So Absolutely. But, but you were talking about if you're going to do Shopify, you need to do this tax thing. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, you got to do the taxes. So there, there are stages, but I will tell you that there was a lot of talk about direct sales at 20 <laughs> I bet. Yeah. A lot. In fact, I had dinner with uh, Monica and Russell and mm-hmm. a guy named um, Pierre. I'm not going to pronounce his last name right. Jonte. Um, I know that's not right. Sorry, 
Pierre, if you're listening. <laughs> um, but he, his entire business is built on direct sales. And he sells poetry and he makes seven figures. Wow. We should get yeah. him on the podcast. Uh, we are going to. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds terrific. Yeah, okay. So yeah. that'll be coming up soon. Yeah. So yeah. hang on, Lee, and we can maybe yeah. uh, get your questions answered that way. Yeah. And I would also recommend if you're very seriously considering it, uh, take Morgana Best course. She wrote the Morgana Best. She um, has a course about authors selling direct. And she's done this for years and it's very detailed. So mm-hmm. I would That's recommend great. that. Yeah. Right. Great. Okay. So. Uh, Meg Jolly says, how do you navigate a significant period, weeks, months of turbulence successfully, i.e. ill health that pulls the rug out from under your feet? What can you do to be kind to yourself and not place extra pressure upon yourself but also not let your writing career and hard work fall apart. Hmm. I'm so I'm going to hand this off to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, Meg, bless your heart. Um, I, that's all I got to say is bless your heart. Um, so unless you're a new listener, you know that I've been through this, but with my sister's illness and The thing about stuff like this is you just can't plan it. Like it just happens. And the smallest thing, like you could get a cut on your foot and it's no, it's just an inconvenience. And the next thing you know, you've got staff and you can't, you know, you're, (laughs) I mean, you know, you just don't know anything can happen. And so not to be doom and gloom, but we, we do need to kind of mentally at least prepare ourselves for that. And um, so a few things that I've done to, you know, try to keep my book selling and also try not to lose my mind is um, one cutting back just on how our household things. I used to have these lovely lashes. <laughs> I don't have them anymore because, uh, you know, I, I would go get lash extensions and that was 60 bucks a month. More if I had to go get a, you know, go in mm-hmm. more than once a month. And sometimes I did. And that's just money I don't need to spend. Um, I, you know, I had a subscription to a massage um, place here. I don't have that anymore. You know, just cutting back on your, how the extras um, mm-hmm. so that you don't feel pr- that much, pr- that financial pressure. Um if you don't have anything to cut back on, that's tough, you know, but um, most of us have something that we could tighten our belt on, um, mm-hmm. even though yeah. most of us are tightening our belt now anyway. But um, also, you know, just little things to um, for self-care. Since my sister died, I have not washed my hair once. Now, it's been washed, but I haven't <laughs> done it. I've gone to a sal- uh, this little like family cut salon, you know, where you can get a haircut for 10 bucks and they wash my hair for $20. And for me, because I don't wash my hair that often because it's my scalp is real, gets real dry. For me, it's worth the money for that 15, 20 minutes of them massaging my head and making me feel a little bit better about kind of just a little general. pampering. It's right? just what, yeah, it's just whatever is for me. That's the thing. I don't have any idea why that's the thing, but it is the thing. Um, and just, so just kind of figure out what it is that would make you feel better. Maybe it's just going and sitting in a coffee shop with a book for 30 minutes or an hour and not having anybody talk to you. Um, you know, whatever it is, try to do that at least once a week uh, would yeah. be my thing. You know, when you're in the middle of it, it's real hard because like I wasn't doing that when we were in the middle of it, but I had to just kind of put things in perspective. Like for me, it was easier because it was my sister dying. Um, and I could say really nothing matters, but this, and that was the truth, you know? Yeah. Um, when you're sick, it's hard because you kind of feel 
like, surely there's something I can do, you know, and that's Mm -hmm. a lot of pressure on you. So Mm -hmm. it sort of depends on what it is that's derailed you, but also just realizing that this is not, you know, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. I know everybody says it. (laughs) It's so oversaid and overdone, but it is the truth. And I know that it's hard to lose sight of that because in this industry, there are so many people saying, you got to, you know, you got to keep your place. You got to, mm-hmm. you got to hustle kind you of gotta hustle. You got to mentality. Yeah. And yeah. it just is not possible for everyone. Yeah. Another thing I would say is keep the connection with your readers. Um, I have just been so fortunate to have amazing readers. And I did have to tell them that in May that I could not send out a newsletter. I think I mentioned that last week, Uh, just for a while, I just needed to focus, you know, on my sister and they were so understanding and appreciative. And then when I sent the email last week about, um, you know, that she had died and um, everything, you know, I had such amazing responses and my, newsletter list and my group all have said, take your time. Don't rush. We will be here when you come back. And I believe that I believe that, you know, my, my core readers will be there. And here's the thing, Meg and anyone else, uh, we were looking for readers when we found the ones we had so we can find more readers. So you're not going to lose anything. I mean, you will. You may lose some status, as I did. You may lose some rank, as I did. But you still have the capacity. If you built it once, you can build it again. And that really is where I'm at right now. I, I, because there is not a word in my head at the moment. Um, and so I have to believe that if I built it once, I can build it again. And when you come back, you're going to have all that knowledge of doing it before. And then you can apply that and you'd be like, oh, well, that whatever Mm -hmm. step I did didn't help me at all, or that doesn't really apply now. So you'll be able to figure things out with that extra knowledge that you have. So, yeah. I hope that helps. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are days, there were days in the middle of my sister's illness that I was like, crap, like, (laughs) What is, what is, how am I going to live on what I'm making? But, um, but we figured it out and, you know, because it's, it's real, you can't just ignore it, but we're fortunate, we're fortunate that we can, all of we writers, I mean, we have resources, like we can run an ad or we can do Mm -hmm. a newsletter swap, or we can do, you know, reach out to your friends. They know what's going on Mm -hmm. with you and just say, Hey, do you, would you put my book in your newsletter? And I'll, you know, if you're running, I'll return the favor in the future. Yeah. yeah, In the future or can run a sale. I mean, you can run a sale, you can do free days and that will get, that will generate some income. And that doesn't take a lot of energy. You know, I did that in the middle of this um, and set up just two or three uh, paid newsletters. And it was enough to really get me over, you know, get me to where I needed to be that mm-hmm. month for, you know, how much income I needed to make. Mm-hmm. And uh, which is going to be different for all of us. And, yeah. you know, that I can't speak to your situation. But I can tell you that if we built it once, we can build it again. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that I like this question for me makes me think about like the times in the past that we've moved and yeah. things just like yeah. just become, you know, you just, I can't do much during that time because you're unpacking boxes right, or right. searching for a house or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like during those times, and this won't apply to like, if somebody has like a chronic illness, I know that. Mm-hmm. It's not going to just clear up, right. but for some things, it's just for a season, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, okay, if I can just get through this right. season, I will be able to get back. So like right. for me, that always helped me to think, well, I have to do this now. I'm going to take a break and do this, or I'm going to take a break and like recover from COVID right. or whatever, mm-hmm. because you just can't expect yourself. So it's like, you have to mentally say it's okay if I don't do as much because I can't right now. And that's okay. You have to kind of 
mentally do that. And um, like for me, like with all these plans and talking about the future, like we were just talking about launches and stuff, Mm -hmm. all of that, especially since COVID, in my mind, it's like, this is my plan. And hopefully it happens, you know, it's like, Hopefully it's like, it happens. and yeah. I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to do my best to make sure I meet all the deadlines. I've never missed a deadline, but, right, um, right, right. but you know, like in my mind, I'm like, those are not set in stone. Mm-mm. If something happens, I can email and people will work with me. Mm-hmm. It will be fine. And, right. you know, it's like, we just have to give ourselves the time yeah. that we need. And as far as like sales and things, if you could just do maybe one sale or, um, what I've found is like, if you have a permafree, you can just mm-hmm. set it, like, just set it up to go in, you know, once hit one, you know, of the smaller newsletters mm-hmm. and just kind of rotate through those. Or um, if you're with draft to digital, mm-hmm. you can get on their list and they will email you like, Hey, Apple is promoting blah, 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 this mm-hmm. coming month. Do you want to put any books in? And that's a super easy way to just like submit your book and then if they promote it, then great. And if they don't choose it, you haven't really lost anything but maybe like five right. minutes. Of time. Right. So just right. stuff like that that's like super easy mm-hmm. and not real time consuming or like mentally taxing. Right. Would be what I would suggest. Right. Yeah. I I, I think those are all really good ideas. And um yeah, and if you do have a chronic illness, you have to, I mean there's nothing more important than your health and you don't want to do stuff now that's going to, that your body is going to pay for, for months to come. If you can pace yourself, because it is just, it's about putting that one foot in front of the other. I mean, ultimately that is what it is about. Also, if you have a backlist, utilize that backlist. You, you can do that. And um, it won't, you know, it shouldn't cost you a lot, anything but a little bit of time if mm-hmm. you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. okay. Think, All right. Yeah. Well, that was very, that was a good thorough answer. <laughs> yeah, we thoroughly <laughs> discussed that. Okay. Okay. So anyway, so if anybody's going through that and Meg, yeah. that if, you're doing good. Yeah. If you, um, anybody's going through that, reach out to me if you need to, because you know, I understand. <laughs> All right. So Janice asks, is there an after book launch set of things you do to wrap up a launch? Is there a schedule you use for promoting your books three or six months out? And do you have any promotion tips for selling books over the winter holidays? Hmm. All right. So let's take them one at a time. Okay. (laughs) After book launch set of things you do to wrap up the launch. Do you have anything specific that comes to mind, Jamie? Well, um, sometimes, yeah, usually, um, after a couple of weeks, um, well, depending on how well the launch is going, but after a couple of weeks, I will say, uh, I'll send out an email saying that I'm raising the price because I usually release, well, lately I've been releasing at $3.99 and then the price will go up to either $4.99 or $5.99. And um, so uh, I think currently my books are $5.99 right now. And um so that's kind of signals the end of, you know, I'll say, hey, if you haven't gotten the book and you want a, a copy of the book or whatever, if you're not in KU, then now's your time because on mm-hmm. Wednesday or whatever, um, it's going, the price is going up. So I do that. Um, I don't do another push, which I probably should do. That's a pretty good idea. Um this past launch, I ended up putting book, uh, it was launch of book two. I put book one to free a month after uh, book two launched. And that really helped uh, kind of mm-hmm. help sustain. Yeah. yeah. And I put it free, ran a bunch of promos and that really helped book one but it also helped book two stay pretty steady for a couple of months. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I can, this is the first book I've done that for because I have an audience. If you Mm -hmm. don't have an audience, I don't, I don't know if I'd do that. I might just do the book one free right before you launch book two. So, but if you have an audience, it's something to think about. Um, Yeah, that's what I do. 
Yeah. I don't really have a very specific like after book launch Mm -hmm. wrap up thing. I mean, other than like, you know, go have some chocolate cake or something because (laughs) so happy that it's out. Drink. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I think it is, it would be a good idea to add this to my Mm -hmm. plans Mm -hmm. that um, like when something launches and I do have more of a, like just a general, because my books are normally in series. I'm like, so I'm going to hit, you know, the historical this quarter and run a sale or promote to my newsletter list Mm -hmm. or something. And then the next quarter I'll hit the next series book Mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it would be a smart idea to do that. And just to kind of work that into the plans. Another thing I've heard, I can't remember why I heard this was on a podcast. An author was talking about, you know, he promotes, he or she promoted their um, book, you know, hey, this book is out. And then after a couple of weeks, maybe a month, they sent a reminder to their newsletter list that they could order it from their library or request it from their library. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, that's smart because, you know, you've got you know, people like it gives you another reason to get in touch. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I do do a thing where after the book is out, I will send a an email like the next email I send out. I'll usually say, you know, thank you for such a nice launch. I appreciate everybody who bought it and reviewed it. And then that mm-hmm. way, if people haven't seen it, it's a way to remind them of it mm-hmm. and let them know about it without being really pushy about oh, it mm-hmm. and continuing to. But it's like saying you're saying thank you. So that's mm-hmm. one way you can okay. bring it up. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't worry about being pushy, but still does. So, <laughs> well, I have learned that people don't mind when you talk about your books a lot. Oh, I think that Kickstarter taught me. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They don't. Yeah. So I don't really have a schedule. Do you have a schedule for three or six months out or anything like that? Uh, no, other than that, what I said about, uh, I will probably do that again, put the book just before the one that's launching free a month after. Yeah. Uh, it really worked well really kept things steady for several months. So, um, I, I, I appreciated that. So yeah, Yeah. I don't have a schedule either. Yeah. In the past, what I've done is like, I'll launch the book. And then I know that after I have three out Mm -hmm. though, I'll probably box them up. Although I haven't done that yet with the historical, because it's just fallen off my to-do list, Mm -hmm. but that's a good thing to do after a couple of months or a year, you can put them together. You can you know, do different things mm-hmm. with, with bundles and things. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, Janice also, it depends on how fast you launch. Like if you're launching yeah. every quarter um, or three times a year, I don't know that you're going to be thinking that much about your last launch for me, because I don't launch very fast. I'm still promoting that book. Just like Mm-hmm. It came out. I mean, I'm doing all the things except running promos. I'm still trying to get newsletter swaps. I'm still, mm-hmm. you know, three and six months out. I'm still trying to push that book or push book one. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, there's no limit. It's. No, I mean, I've no. noticed that, you know, that the saying that whenever a book, whenever a reader finds your book, it's new to them. It doesn't yeah. matter if it came out five years ago. They don't Correct. care. They don't so, care. yeah. 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 All right. What about um, winter holiday promotion tips? I have, was it last year? I guess it was last year. I put all of my books for 99 cents on Christmas day. Ooh. Okay. All of And just one day, just, and I sent out a newsletter the day before. I think, I think I sent out a newsletter on Christmas Eve day. just so people would know tomorrow my book is 99 cents and that worked real well. And I felt like, you know, that was a little, gives you a little boost. Yeah. And something I could do for them if they want, you know, if they read it in KU and wanted to have it, they could get it for 99 cents. Yeah. Yeah. So we had an episode we did in 2020 in November called, is it too late to plan for holiday promotions? So I'll put a link Mm. to that episode 43 in the show notes. Cause we You could Uh-oh. create like a special holiday bundle, mm-hmm. you know, and yes, you could, Absolutely or you could, that. you know, do a kind of a uh, book funnel promotion. Mm-hmm. You know, you could yep. put something together pretty quickly and do that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You could do a holiday giveaway, like raffle yeah. copter thing. You could do that. And actually y'all, I just looked back on my 
It wasn't 99 cents. They were all free for one day. (laughs) So Uh because I'm in KU and if they got them, then, you know. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, yeah, I'm uh, mm, sorry. (laughs) They were free. They weren't 99 cents. So yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I would say, and I've, I've got a holiday novella that I'll put on sale, not Mm -hmm. every year, but Mm -hmm, kind of mm -hmm. like every other year I'll put it on sale and yeah. I think I have that scheduled to go um, this coming week. And so that'll give me something to say, Hey, have you read this mm-hmm. novella? You can get it for 99 cents from now. Like, mm-hmm. you know, a couple yeah. of ideas there. Yeah. Very good. All right. Last question. Mm-hmm. This is a craft question from Susan um, for newer, newer authors. What do you do when your characters want to change the book's genre on you? <laughs> should you stay or should you go? What key questions should you ask yourself in making the decision? I've just been through this and came to an answer for myself, but it took a while. Others may have a similar dilemma. Mm. Mm. Okay. So I don't think I'm ever going to be drawn to writing anything besides mystery. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm pretty much in my but like I did have the idea for the historical and I went with that. Yeah. So. But I think you weren't it, in the middle of the book. No, no, no. Um, have you ever had this happen? No, but, <laughs> but I know people do. And especially if it's your first book, you know, you're kind of just feeling your way through. Um, so I would say if it's your first book and you're just feeling your way through and you decide to change genres, then and you really like the genre you want to change to, and you know about it, and you know the reader expectations for that genre, then go for it. If you don't know the reader expectations for that genre you're going, you're wanting to switch to, then learn them, then go for it. But Mm -hmm. do not just switch and put a murder in if it's a romance and call it romantic suspense. If you don't have all the elements of a romantic suspense book already built into that book, or you don't, you can't go back and build them in. Yeah. Uh, That would be my suggestion. If you are not on book one and you're writing in a series and you come upon this dilemma, uh, wrangle your characters and, (laughs) and don't do it. In my opinion, that's just me. I mean, if you, if you hate money, then go ahead and do it. But if you, (laughs) No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we have had a guest say that before. Well, I, I mean, I've heard a lot of people there. Um, yeah. But yeah, because here's the deal. Your reader, you know, it's, we, I heard Melanie Harlow talk at 20 books and it's such a good talk and I want to get her on the podcast, but she basically says that she figured out what it was her readers wanted. Mm-hmm. And what readers in the genre she writes in want, and then she gave them to that over, gave them that over and over and over again. And so I know we get bored, and it's fine if you want to do something different, you can. But you are taking a chance of alienate alienating current readers and not ingratiating yourself to new readers if you haven't done the things you're supposed to do for that genre. Right. So you just yeah. want to make sure you've done your homework. Um, but you also, I mean, I do believe you should write the book you want to read. But yes, then once you've I do done too. that, stay in, stay, yeah. stay in well, that lane is my, but it kind of depends on your personality too. But for me, that is, that is, I wrote the book I wanted to read and that's where I've stayed. Yeah. Well, Go ahead. Okay. So um, I was, okay. So my question would be, is it like, is, are you being drawn to a genre where you, a series is expected? Because if you write one book in say a mystery, cozy mystery, are you going to want to write more books in that series? Or can it be a standalone where you could just do a standalone and then continue it or not. Do you know what I mean? If you, yeah. because do you like, do you, are you drawn to this because it's different from what you're normally doing and it sounds fun and exciting mm-hmm. or are you, would you be okay camping out there for maybe 
three, five, well, seven books, books yeah. you know, yeah. a couple yeah. of years, you know, and I, I have this debate with myself too, because there are certain things that there are certain books that I want to write. Mm-hmm. They're not cozy mysteries, but they're close. Mm-hmm. They're in a like close subgenre that I think my readers would go over to. Yeah. But there's this whole, like, you almost need several books to get mm-hmm. momentum going. Like if you're going to switch to thrillers, mm-hmm. you're going to do better if you have Multiple three or four thrillers, thrillers yeah. you know, and then your readers are like, Oh, here's another thriller from my favorite author. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you write two thrillers and then you switch to urban fantasy, people may be like, Oh, that's not really what I wanted. Mm-mm. They might like it and they might try it, but your chances of them coming along with you are lower. So right. I think you could, you've got to think about the long term. Is right. it something that you want to keep doing? And it's okay if it's a one-off mm-hmm. and you're just going to write it because you want to that and you need to, sometimes we need to write certain books to kind of get them out of our systems. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, there was a, a podcast that came out today with the creative pen uh, was all about long-term thinking mm-hmm. and um, just some really good things in there. They talked about, I'll put a link in the notes. Uh, it was about the guest was talking about how certain companies allow their employees to take 15 or 20% of their time to work on a project that's completely unrelated to their normal task. Mm-hmm. And um, I think she said that was how the 3M came up with sticky notes and mm-hmm. that's where Gmail came from and all these different things. So sometimes we need that creative yeah. break mm-hmm. and we just yeah. have to figure out how we balance that with our other writing and right, you know, it, it, you know, like that. for me, that would not be a good idea. Cause I don't to do 20 minutes, 20%. Yeah. I don't put up books fast. So my readers yeah. would be waiting on a book they want while I'm writing this fun little project. They may not even read. I will say that there, I did have an idea for something that my readers would have read. It was another genre. My readers would have read it. They, mm-hmm. I know they would have. They said they would, but I know they would have. But the readers of that genre would not have come back and read my mm. romance books. So for me, that is not a good decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just me. I yeah. mean, you know, for everything Sarah and I say, there's somebody oh, yeah. that could contradict that and, and have had good experience with mm-hmm. it. But for for most authors, I would say, Finding your lane and staying in it is, you know, is the thing. Also, sometimes we want to change things. I'm guilty of this, but (laughs) sometimes we want to change things like genre because what we were writing was too hard. Not that, not that it was um, like, we're not capable of doing it, but like, it was hard to figure out the plot. It was hard to figure out how to make everything work. So switching would make everything easier. And we just have to be honest with ourselves about that. There's no right or wrong answer there, but sometimes you need to stay in something and figure it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes yeah. you don't. So. Yeah. And if you're a high learner, like I am, it's like, oh, okay, I've figured out how to do this genre. Kind of, right. you know, like I've t- taken it apart and I can, right. you know, figure it out now. Now I want to know about this other genre. Mm-hmm. I'm guilty of that too. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, let me go over here and see how this thing works. The new shiny is always very intriguing. And if (laughs) if you have multiple books out that are all the same and you do have readers, I think you got to be careful because, you know, your brand is your promise that you're making to the reader. And if you put that brand on something different, then I'm not sure. I'm not sure that that's not breaking your promise. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying as. Probably you shouldn't have the same expectations. Yeah. Or something new. It. Maybe that's. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. know. My, I mean, I probably would not do it. That would be me. Yeah. But, um, but if yeah, it was my, my first book, I wouldn't worry about it. I, you know, that should be fine. You know, can you do I'm, a novella, short story? Yeah, that's what I was going to say too. Yeah. Can you just write something shorter and get that out of your system? Yeah. <laughs> and then if it won't go away and you have more ideas. and Then maybe and, you need to expand on that yeah. and leave the other behind. Yeah. But, yeah. Just, yeah, this is uh, one that there's no right. I mean, everything. Not, there's no right answer to no. any of these questions. And it's I all just, up to yeah. you and your personality and your right. situation. 
So I do think for most people, if you want a long-term career in publishing, then sticking with the genre and moving around within that genre, you know, might be okay. Um, like, you know, if you write mm-hmm. contemporary romance, you might write a rom-com or you might mm-hmm. write a, uh, yeah. you know, something else. I don't know. But mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, if you've well, already it's, it's just a sold it, I don't know. Yeah, it's a easier path to take. And like we had Karen McQuestion on and she talked about how she writes kind of all kinds of different books. Mm, so yeah, she you does. Can mm-hmm. definitely be successful doing, you know, a variety of things, but mm-hmm. the path is seems a little less rocky if you do one genre consistently. That and seems to be well. a little bit easier. Yeah. 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 So but you can certainly move around and do different things. This it just is a made... good question for the group. I think we should put this yeah. question in the group. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, you because you're going to get different opinions. Sarah and I, y'all all know how we feel about this. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> if you've been listening for any period of time, you know we we believe yeah. in staying. Pick your genres, stay in it. But there are other people that have been successful doing something different, and so yes. I just and sometimes it's that different thing that's the breakout for them. So. Mm-hmm. So we are not ever do that. No, no. So we'll put that so, in the show notes. These okay. are good questions. Yes. Thank you all for providing such great questions. Lots yeah. of good discussion. So yeah. that was our last one. Yeah. I think yeah. it's great. Yeah. Um, so we appreciate you guys listening. Um, we love you. And we're so glad you like the podcast. Let me, after being around people, it just does our heart good to know that people are listening and and they're enjoying the podcast so you can find all the uh show notes and everything at wish had known then podcast no that's not right no you're good you're good was that right yes <laughs> okay wish I'd yeah. known then. <laughs> just leave this in oh my gosh so yeah that's um that's where you can find us and Thank you to Alexa Larberg for uh, editing and producing the show and to Adriel Wiggins for doing all our admin, keeping us in line. And we'll see you next week. Okay. Sounds good. Bye everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. We hope this episode inspired you, empowered you, and made you laugh a little bit too. If you loved it, tell your friends about it. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. We look forward to being with you again next week.